what does God want to do in your life this coming year, 2020? What are you going to do this coming year? I tell you what, I have really, really been anticipating what the Lord is wanting to do in not only my life and family, but also in His church, New Rocky Creek Baptist Church. And I want to ask you, do you got 2020 vision? The Lord had me to preach last week, as you remember, 2020 vision in 2020. But as we come to this occasion, the Lord, the Holy Spirit, led me to go back to a passage in the New Testament. But the title of the message today is this. What are you going to do until that day? What are you going to do until that day? You know, a lot of people today talk about New Year's resolutions. I do not make New Year's resolutions. Maybe New Year's revelations, but not resolutions. And yet I did hear of a lady uh, and her husband, they asked the husband, said, well, what's your New Year's resolution? He said, well, mine is to make sure, he said, mine is to make my wife happy all year long. And they said, wow, really? He said, yep. And they looked at his wife and said, well, what's your New Year's resolution? She said, to make sure he keeps his New Year's resolution. Well, I don't know about resolutions, but I know this. I know God's got a word for us today. Take your Bibles and turn to the book of Luke, chapter 22. Luke 22. I believe this is going to prepare our hearts as we approach the Lord's table this morning. Luke chapter 22, and here's where we're going in the message today. I want to share with you, I feel like it's very utmost important that we get focused on the occasion. In Luke chapter 22, we'll read just a couple of selected passages in a moment. You're very familiar with this text. In fact, the historian, the theologian, Luke, yea, the physician, he notice recorded the words of our Lord in chapter 21, paralleling with Matthew's gospel, chapter 24. And you know what Jesus did the last week of his life? He poured in his disciples, teaching them about his coming again. I find that very intriguing and interesting that Jesus would talk about his coming again and what the disciples were to do to prepare for that coming. His last message, the Olivet Discourse, is in regards to the end time scenario. I would say that was very important, beloved, for us to know today. So I'm recapping what he said in chapter 21 of the Gospel of Luke, and that leads us to after this occasion, uh, Jesus with his disciples, he removes himself from the Last Supper, if you will, and he makes his way over to the Garden of Gethsemane. But today, here's where we're going. As I thought and prayed and sought the Lord this week, there are three choices you and I are going to make this coming year in 2020 that will make you or break you. Three choices that you'll make that will either take you to the next level or cause you to go back a step or two. Yes, there's three, revel you could call them, new revelations if you want to for breakthroughs in the coming year. I believe that I need them, and I believe you're going to need them too. And again, what are you going to do until that day? What are you going to do until that day? We'll see that very clearly in a moment as we look at the Gospel of Luke, chapter 22. May I suggest to you there are three uh, revelations that you ought to do and ought to do before that day when our Lord comes again. What are they? 
I'll give them to you, and then you'll get them in just real briefly here in a moment. But uh, uh, what are you going to do until that day, number one? What are you going to do? Choose the right way, number one. Choose the right way, number one. That's what we can do today. Number two, what are we going to do? We can look away, number two. And then number three, we can not only choose the right way, I believe God's going to speak to us today. Not only look away, but number three, we can trust and obey. And so I'm going to read now from the book of Luke, chapter 22. I'm going to break right into the text of verse 17. If you'd like to stand as you read the Word of God, you may do so right now, and we're going to get right to the message. Luke, chapter 22, and break into verse 17 of the text. All scriptures given by inspiration of God. Oh, yes, it is. Luke 22, verse 17. And Jesus, referring to our Lord, uh, he took the cup and gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. Notice verse 18. For I say unto you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine, until the kingdom of God shall come. And then he took bread, and he gave thanks, and break it, and gave it unto them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. Likewise also the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. Zero in again in verse number 18. For I say unto you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God shall come. If we were to read Matthew's gospel in chapter 24, we'd find, I'm sorry, Matthew 26, we'd find out our Lord Jesus would say this. I tell you, I will not drink this fruit of the vine until that day I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Until that day. And that's the words that leaped off the pages that God quickened in my heart. And that's the ministry of New Rocky Creek Baptist Church on the radio until that day. Paralleling with Philippians 1, 6, he that begun a good work in us will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Yes, I know in whom I have believed it and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Until that day, radio broadcast, new Rocky Creek Baptist Church. Those are the words that God spoke to my heart about. But today, we're going to look at something as we, we grapple with this thought, what are you going to do until that day? Father, thank you for the word of God. Thank you for your glorious presence. And Lord, I bless you now for them leading us to another year. We're anticipating great and mighty things. Oh, blessed God, I want you to get all there is to me right now. And Father, I pray you'll search my heart and you'll, you'll turn heaven's light on our souls to today, Father, this morning, and that you would reveal 
what you're up to in our life and what you're planning for our future. We look back and rejoice and give you glory. We look in and say, oh God, it's me standing in the need of prayer. We look out and forward and up knowing our redemption draws nigh. And so I pray now that I'll decrease and you'd increase and that you'll manifest your glory. You'll speak to our hearts today. You'll change us. You'll challenge us. You'll correct us. You'll cleanse us. And that when all said and done, we'll thank you because it's all about you. You are the one worthy. You are the one that redeemed us. You are the one that has changed my life. And you're the one that I'll bow before one day. And I pray until that day, oh God, that you would deliver me and us from evil, that you'd stir our hearts in your church today and that you would heal the hurts. And dear God, oh, Father, save those who need to be saved today and those that our Father may be feeling guilty and far off. I pray your Holy Spirit would draw us by the irresistible cords of Calvary's love Thank you for the blood you shed on the cross. Thank you, Jesus, for tasting death for me and for us and experiencing my hell that I wouldn't have to go to hell. Oh, God, I pray now you'll revive our hearts to be thankful and to see you in your glory and to call those things which be not as though they were. And God, you prepare us for not only this day, but the days to come. For we don't know what the future holds, but we know you hold the future. And we just trust you now to be glorified. Thank you for every person that's come. I pray, God, for a special touch from the Master's hand. And that, God, our Father, you would draw us near to you, that you'll help us to be broken and bent and subdued and conquered and yielded and surrendered to your resurrection power. And God, I pray you deliver and cleanse my heart again. Sins of omission, sins of commission. God, we want to have the right attitude. We, I don't want to come have a complaining spirit today, Lord, but an attitude of gratitude. Thank you now for victory, 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 Lord. I pray that bad habits will be snapped and chains of satanic influences would be our God demolished in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth and that Father you'd bring us into freedom bring us into to the light from whom the Son you said sets free is free indeed hallelujah we love you and bless your holy name only because you love me first do our Father in us and through us all that you will to do. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen, and amen, and amen. You may be seated. All right, beloved, here's where we're going today in the text. We're going today. What are you going to do in 2020? What are you going to do in 2020? May I suggest to you, number one, what are we going to do in 2020? Will you choose the right way, number one, to pray? And uh, not only the right way to pray, but we're going to talk about choosing the right way. 
and then choosing to look away, and then choosing to trust and obey. Very simple outline God gave me as I was thinking about this. Number one, will you choose, number one, choose the right way to pray. How many believe that if we're going to go in 2020 and have the blessings of God, have, listen, are y'all listening? How many are going to believe if we go in 2020 that we must be a people who pray? I'll say, let's start right now. Let's start today. I know you've been praying, but I want to, I'll suggest to you that God's wanting to call us to a deeper level of prayer this coming year. And I'm willing to say, Lord, I'm willing to commit to that calling in my life. By the way, speaking of calling, how many of you saw last week or maybe heard about it in a church over in Texas? a mad, mentally deranged man showed up at church. Imagine. And according to the article, this man had already been in the church and the pastor had, uh, and the folks in the church, uh, leadership teams, had already given food to this man, but he wanted cash money, according to the article. And he shows up at church last Sunday, hello, last Sunday last Sunday, a week from today, right today. And he was not a happy, he was not happy. And uh, the devil had a hold of him, and he had a shotgun. And he brought it with him to church. And he stood up right where he was sitting, point blank range. He shot a man and killed him, shot another man and killed him. But there was a man in the congregation who was faithful to his post of duty. Oh, listen, I want to start shouting right there. A man had, had, hey, look, a man who was a firearm instructor took him out in six seconds. I'm sorry that the, uh, the two got, unfortunately got killed, but you know what blesses my heart? This man who was a firearm instructor, he was not a preacher. He didn't show up for church to preach that day. He didn't show up to sing a special that day. As far as I know, he wasn't a Sunday school teacher. He was a faithful man of God. And thank God he was faithful at his post of duty. Look at the lives he saved. Just imagine if it had said, I think I'll stay home today. Wonder if it had said, I don't think I'm going to go to church today. Wonder if it had said, you know, I just think I'll lay in bed and get a little bit more sleep today. I wonder if he'd have thought, you know, I can miss here and there. They won't miss me. No, he was faithful at his duty. He didn't know what's going to happen. I say thank God for men like that who are willing to be faithful as God leads. Amen and amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Are you going to be faithful? Are you going to be faithful? What a challenge. What a challenge. What are you going to do until that day? Jesus said, I'll not drink of this fruit of the vine until that day I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And he's referring to when he comes back again. There's a little bit of gap between there. Nothing has to happen in order for the Lord to come in the rapture. And yet, uh, for that uh, millennial reign, at least we know there'll be seven years prior to that, according to Daniel 9 and 27. But wait a minute. I want to 
I want to break this down. I've been really praying this week, and I said, Lord, what would you have me to share? And I really wanted to share some other things, but, but God just kept bringing me back to this, a very practical, applicable message. Uh, and the first, the first breakthrough, the first thing you can do is watch. Choose the right way to pray. What are you going to do until that day? Choose the right way to pray. Look at chapter 22 and verse 39. As we approach the table of the Lord today, as we approach the new year, can I ask you all a question? Will you be honest with me? Will you be honest with me? How many of you are going to be honest with me? I'm not trying to put you on a guilt trip. I'm trying to encourage you to be blessed by God. Will you be honest with me? Have you prayed today? Do you set aside every day time to pray? Some of us probably don't. I'm not beating you up. I'm telling you this. I love you. And I want to tell you today is a good day to fresh and anew recommit, redig those wells. I'm going to spend every day, the Lord willing, in 2020, I'm going to make it a priority to pray every day. I want to tell you, if you'll master these two things, very basic, master them this, this day. Very simple and yet profound. Two things, prayer and the Word of God. If you'll master those two things, prayer and the Word of God, you say, I don't have as much time. Wait a minute. I'm not just talking about surely starting off the day in prayer, whatever that might mean. Find you a good place to go, a closet or a bedroom or a bathroom or a utility. Find a place to go. You'll find out when you get to that place every day it'll be a little haven of rest. It'll be a little heaven here below. Find your place to go, and uh, I know I pray in the car too, but that may not be as good quality time. You can set aside five minutes. I said you can set aside ten minutes, can't you, a day. Start your day off right. And by the way, you don't have to be on your knees to pray. But after you pray and get with the Father and worship Him, don't give Him your grocery list. I need this, I need this, I need this. Rather, go to Him and praise Him and say, Dear God, I'll tell you, nobody can lift me up like Jesus can. Say, God, I bless you for who you are. Commit the day to Him. And then you know what? You can pray throughout the whole day. Yes, pray without ceasing. Say that with me. Pray without ceasing. That means going through the day. No, you might have to be behind the desk and you might have to be concentrating on what you're doing. You might be working on some kind of machinery and, uh, you know, having to concentrate. I understand that. You might be uh, in a classroom setting. Hey, that's all right. But you can, and I can walk in fellowship with God every day. Let's purpose in our heart. Let's purpose in our heart. We're going to walk with God all the time, every day with Jesus. Let's purpose in our heart right now. Now, there may be things that come in our life that break that fellowship with God on a daily basis. How many know what I'm talking about? Come on, how many know what I'm talking about? Don't let the devil beat you up. Just say, Satan, get behind me and confess that sin and get on with God. That's the way the Lord wants us. You can be working putting that glass in the machines and praise the Lord come on talk to me Billy you can be wiring some things up uh, and, and working on upholstery brother David that's right you can be building an engine brother Chris hey look hey look Marcia you can be cooking uh, Patsy you can be in the kitchen 
That's right, Ronnie, you can be building a display. Brother Ken, you can be selling some, real, uh, some landscaping associates, but you can be on a lawnmower and praise God. I said, Brother William, you can be tightening a bolt and checking out an ohm meter to find out if the electricity is going, and you can still worship God, Wendell, when you're working on a transmission over there. Yes, uh, Larry, when you're riding up and down the road uh, on that, uh, uh, that pickup truck and that dump truck, you can praise the Lord, whatever you're doing wherever you're at but bud I don't you might be trying to get one of them bull-headed bulls back in the cage bless God or working on a uh, one of them big old piece of equipment but thank God Justin if you're in Indianapolis Indiana or Chicago Illinois you can still praise God amen Vince, I'm telling you, it doesn't matter, Brother Gary, if you're retired, seemingly some, you can still praise the Lord working and laboring and ministering, Nancy. I'm telling you, God is so wonderful, Curtis, that we ought to bless him, Richard, and praise him, Charles, no matter what. I'm telling you, that's the Lord's will, that we fellowship with him every day. Brother, that's personal revival. And so I pray that God will teach us how to pray. Now, wait a minute. I've got some challenges here because there's a right way to pray and there's a wrong way to pray. Do you know that? There's a right way to pray and a wrong way to pray. Jesus said, look at it, chapter number 22 and verse number 40. Notice in verse 40 of the text, back up to verse 39, he came out after he had had this introduction to the Last Supper. The disciples understood the significance how God wrought a great victory and they were delivered out of Egypt and God instructed them year after year to institute and to practice what we call the Passover. And therefore, Jesus with his disciples in that upper room after they had finished drinking that cup representative symbolic of the blood of the Lamb and after they had taken the bread and broke it and and he said, this is my body. Then uh, when they sung a hymn, he went uh, with his disciples, namely Peter, James, and John. And they went where? To the Garden of Gethsemane. I had the privilege of being in the Garden of Gethsemane not long ago. I tell you, that's a special place right there on the slopes of the Mount of Olives. And Jesus said to Peter, James, and John, could you not watch and pray? Stay awake. Boy, I want to tell you, you better learn this. May God help me to learn this. A power, a prayerless Christian is a powerless Christian. If you want to have influence in your spiritual life, if you want to see God do great things in your life in 2020, how many want to see God do some things in your life? If you don't want God to do some stuff in your life, you won't have God do some stuff in your life. I'm telling you, God's real, but God doesn't make us robots. He gives us a choice to cooperate with Him, to get in on what He wants to do, and therefore we can get uh, the mind of Christ and see God do extraordinary things for the glory of God. Mountains moving, storms calming, bodies being healed. Oh yes, the Lord is a living God, a great God. And I want to tell you, when he went to the Garden of Gethsemane, there's a right way to pray. Peter, James, John, watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is winning, but the flesh is weak. Look at verse 40 of the text. I'll reiterate it. Verse 40. Well, uh, verse 39, he came out and went as he was wont to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples also followed him. Notice verse 40, and when he was at the place, he said unto them, Pray that you enter not in temptation. I'm telling you, you know how the enemy will work on you when we, get, when we stop praying and when we stop seeking God. How many of you have ever been in a dark place in your life? I talked with somebody this week. They said, man, I was in a dark place in my life. 
Sometimes we forget how dark it can get when you leave God out of your life. I'm telling you, sometimes we can forget how dark it is. And that's why God's calling you and me to be faithful at our post of duty, to, to, to rescue the perishing and to lift up those that have fallen. How many know sometimes if you get down and the devil starts kicking you, you can't hardly get up? The devil will just keep on stomping you. You think you've got power, but wait a minute. You don't know. The enemy's strong, but thank God God's stronger. I'm saying this sometimes. See if you agree with me. Sometimes in this old spiritual journey, it takes somebody else who's walking with God to get us out of the ditch. You know what I'm talking about. I've been in the ditch before. I couldn't get out. Thank God God sent somebody my way. God sent somebody my way and got up under the burden and began to engage the enemy and began to pray. And all of a sudden, I felt the shackles of the devil fall off my hands. All I could say is to God be the glory. Great things he's done. And I'm telling you, when we get a hold of God, listen, that thing of prayer, there's a right way, there's a wrong way to pray. Everybody says, well, I pray. Well, do we pray with clean hands and a pure heart? Today, the Lord's wanting to teach us about prayer. It's not a cheap thing. It's not a simple thing. It's work, W-O-R-K. But I'm going to share with you some ABCs to prayer. ABCs to prayer. Real briefly, as quickly as I can. Now, I know the messages will probably not get to point two and three other than briefly. I know that up front. Y'all listen to me. Those of you that critique the homiletical, the analytical, the hermeneutical message, I'm going to go ahead and tell you. I know we're not going to get to point two and three. That's all right. It's planned that way. Why? Because prayer and the Word of God are the main thing. The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. And I want to stay in touch with God and in step with God and in tune with God. Can I get somebody to say amen? That's my utmost goal for the coming year. Yes, and so note, note this. There's a right way to pray. There's a wrong way to pray. In fact, if we were to find two men, they went to the temple to pray in Luke chapter 18. Jesus talks about a publican and a Pharisee. The Pharisee was a self-righteous man. He didn't think he needed prayer. Listen to me, beloved. I love you, but i got to ask you this. When's the last time you got down on your knees before God and said, God, I need you. You say, I don't have to get on my knees. I understand your heart needs to be on its knees, but there's something about submission. There's something about yieldedness. There's something about surrender of our heart to the Lordship, the Master, the Boss, if you will, the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, today God is saying, you've been in control of your life, you've been running your life, and you're making a mess of it, and you're headed for destruction. There's a way that seems right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. God's calling us today, listen to me. God's calling us. There's a right way to pray, and there's a wrong way to pray. The Pharisee, he just had all this idea. I thank God I'm not like other people. And Jesus is telling this, by the way, in Luke 18. I'm not like this man and that man. And so often we sit in church and think, well, you know, I'm not like them and I'm not them. Oh, we think we're all right. But we got to get in the presence of God. And when we get in the light, God begins to show us some of our ulterior motives. And God begins to show us some of the secret sins of our heart. No wonder David said, keep back your servant from presumptuous sins and cleanse thou me from secret faults. Psalm 19, verses 13. But the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be accepted 
acceptable in your sight, O God, my strength, my redeemer. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we got to get in the light. And when we get in the light, God begins to reveal uh, what our motives are. God begins to reveal, don't be afraid of the light. Come to the light. Oh, we're getting used to the dark around here and our nation's getting used to the dark. But God said, if you want my presence in your life, if you want my peace in your life, you got to come to the light. It's sometimes dirty. It's sometimes nasty. It's sometimes disheartening to see what God shows us in the deep recesses of our heart. The lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. And we think we're religious, but we're really not. And we think that we're right with God, but then God shows us our heart is deceitful above all things are desperately wicked. But oh, thank God He doesn't leave us in that state. I said, praise the Lord. He doesn't leave us in that state. He brings us into the blood sprinkled way up in the throne of grace by His blessed Son. And He clothes us with His righteousness. And He washes us clean. And He gives us a pure heart. And He gives us a clear conscience. There's no God like our God. No God like our God. The right way to pray. The publican couldn't look up at even at that. He couldn't even lift up his eyes. The Bible says, watch. He said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Jesus said, that man, the publican, who, and did you notice? I appreciate Brother Jewish's prayer. Somebody say amen. I appreciate Brother Jewish. Somebody say amen. Brother Jewish, 89 years young. I was thinking just the other day, and I praise God for our men, our older men. Come on, talk to me, man. And our older women, somebody talk to me. I miss our older men and women. I miss them. Do y'all? I do. And, and Brother Jewish prayed a moment ago. Did y'all hear what he prayed? He said, God be merciful. Did you hear that? You know what? That's what the publican pr- prayed. You know what the, you know that word be merciful means? It means be propitiated. It's that big word that's found in 1 John 2 and 2. He's the propitiation for our sins. The word propitiation means, the word is elasmus. It means he appeases a God. In other words, the publican was saying, God, I can't even lift my eyes up. It wasn't false humility. It wasn't false pretense. It was deep down conviction. It was deep down sorrow. It was deep down repentance. It was deep down dependence upon God. It was deep down forsaking and renouncing self and renouncing sin and renouncing self-righteousness. And Jesus said, that man will go down more justified than the other man. There's a right way to pray and there's a wrong way to pray. Have not because we ask not. Receive not because we ask amiss. I talked with a young man just Friday, 19 years old. I said, can I ask you a question? His name was Carlos. Carlos, are you a Christian? He smiled and said, no. I said, why not? He said, my mama left me, my daddy left me. And here's what he told me. He's not a theologian. He don't even go to Sunday school. He's been to church every once in a while. You know what he told me? Here's what he said. He said, I prayed and God didn't answer my prayer. I said, really? What would you pray? He said, when my mama left me, my daddy left me, I prayed and God didn't answer my prayer. I said, but wait a minute, Carlos. You need to understand about God, the God of the Bible. And I want to tell you, this thing of prayer, we got to get back to the Word of God, what the Bible teaches about prayer. Jesus said, who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place? Only he that had clean hands and a pure heart. The Lord said, God does not hear sinners' prayers in John chapter 9. That's, by the way, that's Psalm 24. Unless a sinner says, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Now, I know we say, well, I can pray anytime I want to or anywhere, and anybody can pray. Yeah, they can. But there are conditions, conditions to get on praying ground. 
And we got to get back to the Bible. Not what they said and what this says, but what this says right here. And if we're going to have blessings in 2020, if we're going to have breakthroughs in 2020, what are we going to do? We've got to pray right. Oh, yes, we got we to, gotta, until that day, uh, choose the right way to pray. You know what? Speaking of that, I talked with that young man. I'll tell you about the rest of the story in a moment, but hold that thought for a moment. Jesus said, ask and it should be given. Seek and you shall find. That's Matthew 7, verses uh, 7 and 8. Present tense verbs. Ask, keep on asking. Seek, keep on seeking. Knock, keep on knocking. I know some would say, but why would Jesus tell us to keep on asking? Well, I find in the uh, Garden of Gethsemane, he prays three times for the cup to pass from him, not once. The Father knew about the cup. Why did Jesus pray three times? And not only that, but why would he say this? Because we've got an enemy. That's why Daniel prayed for 21 days in Daniel 10, but the enemy withstood him. There is an enemy. Somebody say amen. And not only that, but sometimes we're not praying right. We don't have the right motives. We don't have the right objectives. And God knows it. And God says, watch this, we're interested in the result of our prayer. God do this. But God is interested in the process of having fellowship with him. Somebody say amen. That's what God's all about. We'll talk about that in a moment. But anyway, in Matthew chapter 18, Jesus said, ask, not only ask and seek and not, but he said, two of you shall agree on earth as anything. How many got a prayer need today? Let me see your hand. Will you join somebody in prayer? Say, man, will you pray with me? Jesus said, two, not 200. If two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything, they shall ask it shall be done for them, my Father in heaven. Where two or three are gathered together, there am I in the midst of them. That's Matthew 18, verses 19 and 20. There's power when one prays, but wait a minute. The Lord is teaching us there's double power when somebody agrees with you with clean hands and a pure heart. Amen. Glory. And I want to tell you what else the Lord said. You know what he said? He said in the gospel of uh, Mark chapter 11, verse 24, what's the things you ask, believe, and you shall receive. We'll talk about that in a moment. But we come over here to Luke chapter 11, verse 1. The disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. Let's say that together. Lord, teach us to pray. One more time. They didn't say, Lord, teach us to preach. They didn't say, Lord, teach us to administrate. They didn't say, Lord, teach us uh, you know, how to be friendly and do good works. Teach us to pray. I'm telling you, that's a good prayer for me to do and for you to do today. Yes, what are you going to do before, until that day? You know, I find in Luke chapters 18 and verse 1, you know what Jesus said? Men ought always to pray and not to faint, not to faint. I know we just come through Christmas and New Year's. Things are up in the air, right? The emotions are up in the air, right? We gather with our family, right? I can tell. Now, I'm not saying this critically or throwing rocks because I'm right there too. But this time of the year with Christmas, some people check out on God. They get so busy in this busy rat race world. I'm not saying that they're going uh, the way of the world. So maybe some are partying, maybe not. But I can always gauge, brother, uh, this time of the year when I see Christians uh, skipping out on church, don't see them for three or four weeks, and all of a sudden they show up. I love them. I'm not being critical. I'm just saying it's easy to check out on God. Spiritual things this time of the year. And it's time this year, this start of this new year, to start off the right way with prayer. Amen. No wonder the Lord said this in John chapter 13, 14, verse 13 and 14. He said this, Whatsoever shall ask the Father in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. 
Wait a minute, we're going to talk about that. Hold that thought. In John chapter 16 and verse 14, Jesus said, Hitherto have you asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. Oh, yes, no wonder over there in the book of Romans chapter 8 and verse 26 and 27, I'm talking about prayer. I'm talking about praying the right way. Paul wrote and said, Likewise, the Spirit helps our infirmities. We know not how to pray as we ought to pray, but the Spirit of God makes intercession for us. We groanings, Christ cannot be uttered because he that searches the heart knows what is the mind of the Spirit because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Tell me, are there times in your life when you don't even know what to pray? Listen, y'all listen now. Some of you, if you don't get a hold of God, you're the only person standing between God and a lost sinner or somebody who's backslidden. You're the only one that's interceding. You're the only one. You're the main one. And brother and sister, let's hold the line. Hold the line. Don't go back on God. Don't give up. Don't give in. Keep on giving out. Don't quit praying. There's blessings ahead. There's joy unspeakable full of glory. There's breakthroughs. If you could just see, if you could hang in there, if you can just persevere, if you can just say, in the name of Jesus, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to go AWOL on God. I'm not going to throw in the towel. As for me and my house, we're going to serve God. I'm going to believe God for great things. You can be a pygmy Christian if you want to be, but I'm going to believe that God's got great exploits for the people of God. And I'm going to believe some giants are going to come tumbling down. I'm going to believe that God's going to give us our possession that He's promised us because God is a covenant-keeping God. Woo! Glory, glory, glory. And so Paul said this to the church of Ephesus. He said, I bow my knee. He's praying for a church. New Rocky Creek. Did He grant to you according to the riches of His grace. You might be strengthened by His might, the inner man that Christ might dwell in your hearts by faith, being rooted and grounded in love. You may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the width and to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge and that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Oh, that's Ephesians 3, verses 16 through 19. And verse 20 says, Now unto him that's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church. No wonder he prayed in Ephesians 1, verse 15 following. He said, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayer that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of wisdom, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know the hope of his calling and the riches of the glory of his inheritance to the saints and the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe that according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and sat him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only this world but also in that which is to come. No wonder Paul wrote in that great passage of Ephesians 6 about the whole armor of God and namely verse 8 he said praying always after putting on the breastplate of righteousness loins girt about with truth feet shot with the preparation of the gospel of peace and above all take up the shield of faith and the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God then he said praying always with all prayer and supplication for the saints 
watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication. Oh, listen, no wonder Paul said, pray without ceasing in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 17. No wonder Paul said in Colossians 4 and 2, continue thou in prayer. Oh, no wonder the writer of Hebrews, I think it was Paul, who said, we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but can be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, tempted in all things, and yet without sin. Therefore, let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Hallelujah. That's Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14, 15, and 16. No wonder James, the half-brother of our Lord, he wrote, by the way, he was a martyr. Many said he was beaten with a fuller's club until he was dead. But James said, confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another that you might be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Listen to what he's saying there. He's saying, y'all see if you agree with me, he said, a man of God, he's not perfect, but if he's walking with God and a woman of God who has a heart for God and willing to confess their sin, he said, that kind of prayers has great strength. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I didn't say it, God did. Wait a minute. No wonder, no wonder over there in Jeremiah 33 and 3, Jeremiah said, Call unto me, I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Pray right, pray right. Isaiah 55, verse 6 and 7. Seek you the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his ways. The unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord. He'll have mercy unto our God. He will abundantly pardon. No wonder 2 Chronicles 7, 14. Solomon, who had dedicated the temple, he said, you know it. If my people who are called by my name should do what? Humble themselves and pray. Seek my face. Turn from the wicked ways. Then I'll hear from heaven. I'll forgive their sin. I'll heal their land. That was for Israel. But I want to tell you, that's a great prayer to pray for America as well. Amen. Oh, God, send the power, the old-time power. We're talking about praying the right way. We're talking about praying the right way. Oh, yes, praying the right way. How about it today? Will you say, God, correct? We can get in a rut in this thing called prayer. We can just go through the motions and use meaningless repetition. Jesus said that in Matthew chapter 6. He said, don't use meaningless words to try to impress God. Oh, no, your Father knows what you need. Come on in. And no wonder he said in Matthew 7, 11, if you being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good things to them that ask him? I'm talking about knowing God. I'm talking about praying on praying ground. Yes, will you purpose in your heart? ABCs of prayer. Are you ready? Come on, are you ready? I've got to take talk this real quick now. Notice ABCs. First, according to the will of God. Second, B. These are the right way to pray according to the will of God. Write that down. According to the will of God. When we pray, we need to pray according to the will of God. Number two, B. B. Believing what you pray. Having faith in God. No need to pray if you're not going to believe God. Amen. No need to ask God if you're not going to believe Him. No need to, to, to uh, petition or give supplication if you're not going to believe Him. God, help our unbelief. That's my prayer. But see. Careful to give him the glory. A, according to the will of God. According to the will of God. 
Now, hold your thought right there, okay? Don't write the others, but listen, according to the will of God. 1 John 5, verse 14 and 15 says this. This is the confidence that we have in Him that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. And if we know that He heareth us, what will we ask? We know that we have the petitions we desired of Him. Wait a minute, Pastor. I, I, some things I don't know about the will of God. How many of y'all agree with me? There's some things we don't know it's God's will or not. Y'all with me? There's some things that are the will of God. For example, number one, somebody to be saved. It's God's will for all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. You don't have to ask God, is it your will for to save this person? We know it's His will because He tells us in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4 and 5. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. He's not willing that any should perish, but all come to repentance. He says, well, now, we know everybody won't be saved because wide and broad is the gate that leads to destruction. Somebody say amen. But straight and narrow is the gate that leads to everlasting life, and few there be that find it. We don't have to pray if it's God's will to deliver you or me out of sin. Don't even pray about it. No, it's the will of God to deliver us out of sin. Don't pray about it. God, is your will if I quit this and start this? Don't pray about it. Just do it. Galatians 1.4, it's God's will to deliver us out of sin. Galatians 1.4, it's not, don't even pray about it. Is it, Lord, should I give you thanks for this? 1 Thessalonians 5.18, and everything give thanks. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. There's some things that we know crystal clear, the will of God, but wait a minute, there's some gray area that we don't know what's the will of God. How many know what I'm talking about? How do you pray then? How does God lead us in? How many, how many of y'all want God to lead you in 2020? And yet you don't know what really is the will of God about something. You know what I'm talking about? How does God lead us? You ready for this? Number one, he speaks to us through his word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans 10, 17. The rhema of God. Number two, he speaks to us through godly counsel. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 14. Where there's a multitude of counselors, there's safety. This is good stuff, folks. I hope you're getting it. Are you getting it? Get the tape. You're going to need it. I said you're going to need it. You say, Brother Randy, I don't know about if it's God's will I work here or if I move here or, or this relationship right here. If you'll get these things, you, you'll get a good, good gauge on what God's going to do in your life, how he's going to lead you. Don't, don't let this go over your head. One, the word of God. Two, godly counsel. Don't just get anybody just not walking with God. Don't get their counsel. It'll lead you astray. Somebody you know, watch this, that's going to tell you the truth in love. Speak the truth in love. How many know there's times when I don't want to hear somebody what they really want to say, but if they love me enough, they're going to speak the truth in love, and ultimately, if I'm in tune with God and in touch with God, I'm going to receive it because I know it's for my best interest. And that's how you can tell a man of God versus a woman of, and a woman of God too versus a one who's not. We're willing to be broken before God. Are you willing to be broken before God? Are you willing to be corrected before God? Corrected? What are you talking about? I don't need to be corrected. That's stinking pride. And God dishonors God and grieves the Holy Spirit of God. God says, you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. Whosoever humbles himself should be exalted. Whosoever exalts himself should be uh, humble. And God is telling us this, the way up is down. I'm crucified with Christ. If you want to follow Jesus, you've got to take up a cross. Come on and say amen. Jesus said, unless you... If you're willing to follow me, you've got to take up a cross. Any man that follows me, uh, he's got to take up a cross, death to self. No, we don't want to hear this, Pastor, but this is the way God operates. I've got to tell you the right way. I've got to tell you the right way. According to the will of God, he speaks to us through his word. He speaks to us through godly counsel. He speaks through us through inner peace. Did you get that? Inner peace. Colossians 3.15. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. Man, I'm not just doing this to, to breathe out hot air. 
My goal is to equip the saints. Somebody say amen. My goal is to give you, equip you. I'm sharing the word of God. I'm not talking about the Sears and Roebuck catalog. Somebody say amen. I'm not talking about field and stream. I'm giving you the word of God. Check it out. And, and, and the word of God, there's life and power. And so, and so listen, we could stand up here for 30, 45 minutes and tell you all kinds of human interest stories and all kinds of geopolitical events going on, but the Word of God gets the job done. Amen. Wait a minute. Come on, y'all. Quick, quick. Listen now. Listen carefully because he speaks to us through the Word of God. You got it? Through inner peace. You got it? Through godly counsel. You got it? For circumstances. He opens doors. He closes doors. Brother and sister, I'll tell you, if you follow this uh, little pattern, I think it'll help you in the coming year. Choose the right way to pray. Let's purpose in our heart. There's some of you, you, for some reason, you haven't been praying. Why not? Today, you need to make that, dig that well. Just Don't make excuses. Just do it, okay? Choose the right way to pray according to the will of God. One, two, believing. No need to ask if you're not going to believe. Mark chapter 11, verse 24. What's the things you ask, believe, and you shall receive? Pray in faith. But wait a minute. It's the will of God. How many know that God knows what's best for us? Sometimes you pray, and we pray for various people, for God to heal, and God does heal ultimately. Thank God in heaven they'll have a glorified body. But when we pray, we ought to pray according to the will of God. Hey, look. God knows what's best for you. See, careful to give him the glory. Amen. Careful to give him the glory. Had y'all see that? President Trump was prayed over. This was Friday. How many of you saw that? Friday. You all know this? This is President Trump's spiritual advisor, Paula White. How many knew that? I, I looked this up and I did a little research because I want you to know. I know what you want you to know what's going on. And modern day uh, things. This was Friday. It was a church down in Miami, Florida. And meanwhile, uh, Soleimani was being taken out. The Iranian madman colonel was being uh, exterminated by a drone in the sky. They were watching him through surveillance and through undercover and all that kind of stuff. They just took him out. And brother and sister, I want to tell you, you saw what happened at the U.S. Embassy. I'm just telling you, the pot's boiling. Israel's right in the middle of it. America's right in the middle of it. And uh, President Trump isn't seeming to backing up. And you mark it down, I said it. I don't think we need to be scared, but we need to be prepared. Amen. We need to pray. And that's what we need to pray right here. This is Jensen Franklin behind Paula White. How many knew that? And then here is Jack Graham. He's over in a church in Texas. Frank and Graham, by the way, is in Gainesville, Florida at a church up there, Free Chapel. And then I think this is Billy Graham's granddaughter, according to the article I read. These are some of the men in this uh, uh, church down there in Miami, Florida. And I'm, I, who, who's this lady? I've seen her before. I, can't, I don't remember her name. But anyway, point is, we need to pray for our president. Amen. And we need to pray for each other today. Yes, we do. Why? Because it's utmost important, 2020. Let's read the Bible together. Hey, my time's going to go. I'm going to skip over that, okay? My time's going to go. I'm going to skip right through it because we need to get to the Lord's table. Will you read your Bible every day in 2020? I wish I had another hour, amen? Come on, somebody say amen. I wish I had another hour, but we've got to get around the table, and I don't want to uh, just haphazardly do it. So, right now, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. How many right now, right now, be honest with God right now, right now, right now, right now. Please, be honest with God. Will you right now? Nobody's looking around. Right now, be honest with God. How many is going to say, Lord, I'm challenged today to develop a more disciplined prayer life. And I'm going to purpose in my heart to start every day 
and you might be one that likes to pray at night. You might be one and pray. I suggest in the morning first thing because it's good to start your day off right. Well, that means after you drink your coffee or take a shower or walk or whatever you do, just purpose in your heart right now, will you? 2020. 2020. I'm going to, by the grace of God, purpose in my heart to spend some time, not be self-righteous about it, but just watch God do great things. Would you stand to your feet, those who said, I'm going to purpose in my heart to, to make 2020 a time of prayer?